I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. Robbie Robbie weekly. Little reverse pass. Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly on this very Christmas feeling Friday. Murray Kinsa here with you ahead of a massive weekend of Champions Cup Rugby. It really does feel like Christmas Eve with all this brilliant uh, contest ahead of us. The provinces in action, Connacht in the, the Challenge Cup as well. It's going to be a really big weekend. Joining me to look ahead is the 42's Gary Doyle. How are you, Gary? Good, cold, but good. Looking forward to this weekend. Jealous of you heading off to... Not, not that you're heading off the airport, but jealous that you're heading off to France this evening. Uh, I think you're in line for, for a cracking weekend. That'll be some match. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for this one because it is a big test for, for Leinster first up. And listen, we talked about loads of this on our members' pods Monday, Wednesday this week. We had another jam-packed schedule and we got some great feedback from our members around some of it as well as a piece that we put together Gary our, our kind of roundtable chat previewing the season and Ronan Moriarty was on to us he said how aren't Leinster your favourites or Gary's to win the H Cup they can field an almost entire 23 of current Irish internationals number one ranked team in the world i.e. Ireland anything less than a trophy is a failure in my opinion I know the game plans are different but when you have that many starters from the number one ranked team it really shouldn't matter particularly since we've all been told how good the Leinster style of play is firstly I don't know if you did tip Leinster did you? I didn't tip anybody um, because I was more the chair for the round table as opposed to the opinion giver Um, so I actually my tip would be Leinster for this competition on the very basis that Ronan outlined there, Murray, their mm. squad is deep. They're top, top heavy with uh, with serious world class players. And normally, when we were saying that, say last season or the season before, the name Sexton and Furlong would be the first that would be thrown out there. I think Ringrose and Andrew Porter have to join that list, that elite list, and Caelan Doris as well. Now, I think the five of them have, or the the latter three, have moved up. To that level, I thought Porter was unbelievably impressive last weekend against Ulster, surpassed by Ringrose. There were shades of O'Driscoll to what he did. Not so much, not sorry, not just the fact that he showed great footwork to score, but also the fact that he seized responsibility when the game was in the melting pot. And he's a quiet guy. He's there's no flamboyance about him when it comes to his off-field uh, behaviour or, or how he presents himself in media interviews. But on the pitch, he's not just hardy, but he's class. He is a superb operator. So for me, Leinster would be my tip. Partly because they're a very good team. Secondly, because they can get home advantage all the way through um, with the final being in Dublin this year as well. So you've got to look at them. And then you round up the usual suspects. You tip Saracens, and I think they've got a, a huge chance to go deep. And then you've got Leicester's opponents tomorrow. Racing are definite contenders, as are La Rochelle, as are Toulouse. You don't have to be a genius to figure out which teams are going to be in the mix. Mm. And I actually agree totally with Ronan. I think they should win the trophy. They are the favourites. They quite literally are the favourites for this competition um, and should be given the, the quality of squad. I suppose 
in, in terms of tipping salaries, I'm I'm looking elsewhere. I'm looking at reasons why haven't Leinster won since 2018 because other teams are really really good. La Rochelle have come really really strongly in the, the last couple of seasons, and Sarri's back. I just think is a, a fascinating. Uh, new strand or, or renewed strand to the competition they've got a lot of history here as well they'll feel that they have lots of their own strengths albeit they don't have as Ronan points out lots of inform international players at the moment um, I look at the likes of Owen Farrell Itoje Vunapola brothers they've been excellent any time they play for Saracens and in a competition like the Champions Cup where there's just a little bit less stress than Test Rugby there's scope for those world-class players to be even more influential I think they've got lots of strings to their, to their bow but I'm absolutely not talking down Leinster's chance I think they've got an amazing squad they've got lots of points to prove they got the motivation of Stuart Lancaster before he heads to Racing Johnny Sexton driving for another title before he finishes up um, and lots of players getting into that bracket now where they feel okay we've got URC titles in the past Pro 14 titles but we want more of those European stars um, and I can't wait to, to see how they go about doing it as you said last weekend was a real nice teaser of of what to expect and it's it's going to be really interesting to see what the tournament throws up in terms of contenders we're, we're going to have a listen for, from a, a clip on, on the Monday pod for members of the 42 where Birch and I discussed whether the Premiership actually prepares teams well for European rugby and then Birch also touched on Rassing's mindset coming into the game they, they've got a really interesting viewpoint on it and he actually ended up coaching a game against Rassing in, in Le Havre with, with Grenoble so let's have a little taste of that chat you say you don't rate the premiership there. I have my doubts as well. Yeah. What are you? What are you thinking there? Well, I just think it's um, there's no relegation. There's a lot of free flowing high, you know, uh, high scoring games. So as a as a product, it's actually quite entertaining. Mm. Some good games, but I don't know if they have the um, the understanding of what it takes to go to the next level to you know um, to win a European Cup. I know Exeter did a few years ago, and, and Saris have got a good track record in it. But Bar bar those teams um, I don't think any of them uh, have that I don't know it's, it's now it's, it's it's just the ability to go to another level it's the next international rugby and um, I think the talent pool is spread quite you know across a lot of different clubs and we see England obviously you know not not, do, not doing well um, yeah I, I think the Europe is a step up and, and what they're getting week in week out in the premiership is entertaining but it's far off the nuts and bolts you need to to win cup rugby games, yeah. Um, and that's what the Irish teams, in fairness, maybe not week in week in the URC, but they have a track record in Europe. You know, Ulster, you know, are always knocking around, being quali- you know qualifying f- from the group or, or qualifying stages. Um, Munster obviously have year twenty five years of legacy and and Leinster as well. And you build that up, you build that up, and teams players know. Um, you have to be a little bit more accurate on, on, a, on a European week to get the points. Mm. Premiership rugby just looks so different to Test rugby, and it's almost too entertaining. I don't want to complain about that, but uh, maybe I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I like the arm wrestle of it, and the I don't know the closely fought nature rather than try, 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 try. But Leinster start against top fourteen opposition. They're up in La Havre on Saturday. I'm heading to that. Looking forward to seeing the, the stadium and all. Mm. Racing beat Toulon away last yeah, night. They rested win. loads of players. A really big win. They're up to second in the top 14 and they've picked up momentum. So this is a massive test for, for Leinster and where they're at. Yeah, the fact that they they rotated and got a win Toulon was a, a massive um, pickup for them. Because I, to be honest, when I saw that squad, I, I felt it was one of those games where they were nearly thrown it. Um, and, I, and I know the skills coach, Philippe Ducey, uh, text, as I texted him last night saying congratulations he said oh no we've got a, a great group this year there's a group that are together and maybe look at their 
they're unified by the fact that this is uh, Toto's last year as as head coach and they want to go out in fairness they've been knocking around Europe you know they've been good in Europe um, and probably unlucky not to to get a win and they should have beaten Leinster um, that the final where Carter was at, where they known 10 was in Bilbao they, like they could have won that game you know what yeah. I mean so um, I, I, they're a French team who you know Toulon Toulouse obviously have the and La Rochelle now have the silverware but Racing have a good bit of experience in Europe um, so it's going to be a tough game it's an advantage I, uh, Stade Francais when we played them in the Challenge Cup when I was in Grenoble they moved the game to La Havre um, I don't, uh, to try and grow the game or something uh, it was uh, there wasn't a concert on but um, we ended up playing in front of about 4,000 people but beautiful stadium um, uh, and it's going to be interesting how Racing adapt to that like they've obviously got a track record of going to Lille when they move games but I don't know how often they go to La Havre but um, it's an advantage for them to not be playing in the arena for sure mm. um, and look at when Jackie Lawrence Eddie built that stadium you know concerts were a huge part of the the model uh, the business model so I can understand but it's unfortunate for for Racing um, you know they need to win that game realistically you know for, to get to, to do something in the cup in the, in the European Cup this year because they won't win an answer Um but it's a challenge, yeah. It's a challenge, and it's a it's a it's a test for Leinster to, to see how they've adapted from last year, um, and they're going to come up against power. You know what I mean? Power. So, and obviously Finn, if Finn's on a good day, um, it won't be Sexton against Finn. Uh, Sexton's not going to play, um, which is unfortunate. Mm. But it's an opportunity for Ross Byrne to to show you know what he can do. He's done it loads of times, but it's just a really good opportunity for Ross Byrne. You know, yeah. Uh, to guide Leinster away from home against a quality team like Racing in the European Cup game another big chance he's yeah. had loads of loads starting of, yeah. finals yeah. and he's and he's proven himself there yeah really interesting stuff and members.the42.ie if you want to get involved in the Monday and Wednesday pods always jam-packed full of chat and as I said the members feedback is always brilliant as well we got another question Gary um, around the, the other provinces and just to give a, a quick reminder of what's ahead Ulster are away to sail Sharks this weekend that's on Sunday at 1pm Munster at home to Toulouse on Sunday at 3.15pm as we mentioned Leinster away to Racing that's tomorrow 1pm and Connacht play in the Challenge Cup against Newcastle but Peter was on to us in the members WhatsApp group which is always a buzz on weeks like this he said what gifts do each of the province's head coaches need for Christmas and does someone need to gift Dan McFarland a squad session with a mental resilience coach yeah good question um after watching Ulster last Saturday, I've just lost trust in them to ever seal the deal at the against the top sides. Like they clearly win the vast majority of their mat of their matches. They are very consistent, particularly at home in the URC. They're consistent at getting to the knockout stages of the European Cup. But you just have to look at the evidence. They had that game in the bag last weekend. They were playing against 14 players. They lost. You look at what they did against Leicester in the 2021 Challenge Cup semi-final. Decent lead, deep enough into the second half, and they lost. You look at what they did when they came down to Dublin. I think it was the 2019 Hanging Cup quarterfinals, the day that Jacob Stockdale failed to ground the ball in the end goal area again they had the lead into that game deep enough into the game and they lost and this stops becoming a 
coincidence and starts becoming a theme when it happens time after time after time. On 80 minutes in last year's URC semi-final, they were leading the Stormers. They ended up in another defeat. So at what stage do you not realise that this is a serious problem? And for Ulster, they're going to be, there's a difference between being contenders and being pretenders. And to become contenders, you have to start winning these matches on a more regular basis. And you have to start sealing the deal. And they just have failed to do that. And it's very, very frustrating to watch. Uh, the second part of the question, what gifts each of the provinces head coaches need for Christmas? For Leinster, I'd say Scott Robertson. If they can get him, they probably won't. But he would, <laughs> uh, good Christmas. It would just be the most amazing appointment ever if they were able to get him uh, Munster and Connacht need a clean bill of health because they don't have the depth uh, that Leinster have or I would say that Ulster have, I think Ulster have a really good squad, haven't criticised their ability to seal the deal against brilliant, brilliant teams what they do have now is a lot of depth in uh, in their panel which allows them to be very, very competitive in the regular season URC games against sides other than Leinster mm. and, and as Peter points out Ulster just having that mental edge in a in a big knockout game will be will be absolutely key Connacht as you mentioned they're playing tomorrow at 5.30pm in, in goal against Newcastle so interesting to see how that one goes as you mentioned Gary I do think I am at the game of the weekend wrestling Leinster but Kieran Kennedy thinks otherwise he's in Thoman Park on Sunday and on Wednesday's pod, Kieran and former Ireland analyst Owen Toolan, they were discussing Munster's European prospects ahead of that clash with Toulouse on the Wednesday pod. So here's a taster of that chat. Right then, we've got Munster against Toulouse on Sunday. I think this is the game of the weekend and maybe that's just because I'm heading down and I've been looking forward to it all week. And <laughs> as usual, I've no idea what to expect from from Munster. Like, it's... They obviously had a difficult start to the season. They've started to build some momentum and show some, show some really encouraging signs over the last couple of games. But this is this is a significant step up again. You've got a Toulouse side who know what it's like to play Munster, know what it's like to experience that Munster crowd. I know obviously last year the game was in was in the Aviva, but they'll still have a sense of what to expect in Thoman Park at the weekend. Um, how do you see this one going? And I suppose... In a to ask a more broad, a broader question, what is a good season for Munster in Europe this year? Because they are coming into it in a in a very different place under Graham Rowntree. They're kind of bringing through young players. It's it's not the it's not the Munster that have kind of gone to the well over the last few years and got into the knockout stages. There is a different feel about the place. So, what should they be? Where should their ambition lie this year? I I think it's a a pretty. Um uncompromising demand in Thelman Park when it comes to European rugby isn't it that they'll demand success um, historically a really difficult place to go I think if the game was in Thelman Park last year I think they'd probably beat Toulouse um, that uh, allied with any semblance of, of a good attack to be honest I thought defensively and, and physically they were unbelievable in the Aviva Stadium and had had so many opportunities with possession to, to put Toulouse away well before it went into extra time and I think I think we're seeing the shoots of progression aren't we the, the Prendergast influence 
I don't mind. I've thrown a couple of intercept passes in recent games. Obviously, Carby at the weekend over in Edinburgh. I think Haley threw a, a sloppy one against Connacht and Thoma Park. But for me, that just shows ambition that that they're willing and probably given the license to to push the pass, play with a little bit more freedom. And and as I said, I think if they had had that mindset last year, I think they they would have beaten Toulouse in the eighty minutes. Uh, I think some of the running lines are excellent. Uh, those short front door balls we saw it with the uh, the Anton Frisch, who I think is, is really added a, another dimension to to Munster's attack. His short little ball to um, I think it was Scannell for that try in Edinburgh. Uh, there was another one from Carberry to Nash for for a line break. So we're seeing that progression offensively. I think there's an exciting crop of young players that are kind of been given their wings now. European stage is, is another step up for them. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys go. But uh, yeah, it's it's a daunting prospect to lose our, our the kind of royalty of European rugby, aren't they? But um, they'll be intimidated coming to, to Munster. They, they'll know it's going to be a tough tough assignment a huge amount will rest around set piece scrum and line out I think again we're seeing progression in that area from Munster the Roundtree influence and around the scrum I think that the mall has delivered them a number of tries in the URC as well so I think they're trending in the right direction and, and they'll they'll be they'll be kind of I guess still absolutely hurting from that loss it was just such a a terrible way to to lose on penalties you really felt for Ben Healy particularly uh, and they'll be wanting to to right that round this weekend and and uh, you're a lucky man heading down I think it'll be a, a great European occasion it feels like the game is coming at a, at a nice time for Munster because they are in a place where they are building a bit of momentum and there feels feels like there's a bit of positivity around there for the first time in, in a little while I'm just wondering, like this is these are the games that Roundtree would have been eyeing up when he when he was offered the job. Like he 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 kind of gets the the whole monster thing, the idea of the the history around the place, the culture, how important European rugby is to the province. Do you do you think he'll be brave enough to kind of stick with some of the the young players who are still learning on the job to a degree and who are starting to show those kind of encouraging flashes going into Europe or? Will that temptation that's always there to kind of lean more into experience and guys who have been there and done it, um, which probably isn't what a lot of Munster fans want at this time. They want to kind of see things move on. They want to see progression. They want to see a bit of growth. How how difficult is it for a coach to strike the right balance there and back in the guys who are kind of the next cab off the rank to a certain extent and leaning towards the guys who just know this competition and have delivered for Munster before? have delivered before but when was their last silverware you know it's been such a long time that that they actually have delivered a trophy for the for the province so i think the direction he's headed in in terms of giving exposure to the, to those new up and coming players i think has has benefited the team i think it's added an air of freshness there's a, a definitely an extra zip in terms of particularly their attacking rugby that they're playing at a huge amount of speed as I mentioned Frisch I think has has been brilliant Hodnett guys like that coming into the squad have have really added so I don't think you have any issues continuing in that vein I think probably the difficulty for them is do they have a squad to be able to compete at URC and European level Great stuff there. And the lads also discussed Eddie Jones on that pod. A couple of members asking about his possible move to cast, which I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to in the future if that does happen. Lots ahead of Eddie Jones and his uh, meandering, widely experienced journey in, in rugby. But last question for today, Gary. It is a big weekend of shopping for lots of people. And 
we're, we got a few questions asking for tips. Paddy in the members WhatsApp group said, with Christmas around the corner, what's the guy's favorite rugby book? Okay, I'm going to go for for three here. Uh, first one is Brendan Fanning's. It's, it, if you can still find it um, from, from there to here, which tells the story of Ireland's uh, transformation from also rans in the 1990s and for a quick recap of how bad Ireland were in the 1990s they lost every game they played that decade to Namibia they lost 3 out of 4 to Italy uh, they lost to Argentina in the 99 uh, World Cup round of 16 game they lost 11 out of 11 to France they lost 10 drew 1 against Scotland and then the following decade you get their first win over Australia since 1979, their first win over the Springboks since 1965, their first Triple Crown since 1985. You get the Heineken Cup becoming such a big thing when it wasn't a big thing in the 90s. Um, And basically, rugby goes from being this thing that you might see on TV four or five times a year to seeing every week of the year. And that story and the different layers to that story of that painful um, progression in Irish rugby is just magnificently told by Brendan and for me it's the best rugby book there has been and then he goes and he collaborates with Willie Anderson and last year you will definitely find this book in stock to produce what I feel is the best rugby autobiography that there's ever been because Anderson voice comes through it's a real skill and it's a skill i've often failed when i've been ghosting uh various sports people over the years anderson's voice comes through in this book so clearly and you get a clear sense of what life was like in 1970s tyrone you get a sense that he had a serious um serious question about why he should remain so moderate as a person and he's one of the most inspiring people that Irish sport has ever produced and he is a moderate and he um, has spoken about his pride in the Tyrone Gaelic footballers in their achievements and yet he is every he would have good reason to not be a moderate on back of some of the traumatic incidents that went through people that grew up in Ulster in that in that era Um as well as that there's the rugby and then there's a couple of tragedies that happened in his life that he explains so delicately and so brilliantly and if anybody wants to get a picture of a well-rounded person you pick up this book and you come away from it inspired and those two are top of my list and third on the list is another Irish rugby writer uh, Tom English really talented uh, chap who has written a number of books, but the one I'm picking that he uh, put together was called The Grudge, which was about the famous 1990 match between Scotland and England and all the participants in that game and their different stories. And it is just so brilliantly put together. Really skillful writer, Tom English. And those are the three I'd go for. Hmm. Fully endorse those shouts. I'll just add John Daniels' Confessions of a Rugby Mercenary. It's a little bit older at this stage, but unbelievably brutally honest portrayal of kind of the early earlier days of professionalism and also really good insight into French rugby it's it's an excellent read if you get your hands on that one 
um, slightly more under the radar, but they're really good shouts, Gary. So best of luck to everyone who is doing Christmas shopping. We're back on Monday for a full in-depth review of the weekend with Gav Casey, Bernard Jackman, exclusively for members. So if you want to get involved, just head over to members.the42.ie and get signed up. We'd love to have you on board. For now, thanks to all the members for those great questions and feedback as always. Gary, thanks a million. Enjoy the weekend. And you, Murray, uh, head off to the airport. Make sure you make that flight and, you know, have a great time. That's going to be a brilliant, brilliant match. Yeah, I'm gone out the door right now. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy a magical weekend of rugby and we'll chat soon. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year. I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> it is Tommy Moe! Rugby, rugby, weekly. Little reverse pass. Oh! Yeah.